Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode 229. It's the favorite time of year for uh, Dynasty Leagues. Dynasty Freaks love it. A fun time this last weekend following the draft, watching the draft. Overall was just a blast of a weekend, although I have to say that I was pretty disappointed overall with where a lot of the players landed. Uh, Some getting buried on their, you know, depth charts. Some landing, you know, draft capital being far worse than I thought it would be. Uh, I th- I've been saying throughout this season, I thought that this offseason that the draft capital was going to change a lot of uh, players' rankings and the rookie rankings, and I have to say that's definitely true. Uh, for me, the top 10 didn't change much at all. I think actually my top top 6, 7 didn't change at all uh, given the draft. But man, definitely getting into the second round, things changed up quite a bit You know, based on draft capital. I kind of wish that I had a lot more first-round picks in some of the leagues now where I have several second-round picks. doesn't look as exciting as it once did, so that's kind of a bummer. But, hey, we're Dynasty Freaks. We're going to make the most of it, and we are going to uh, have a great time drafting. I know I've got drafts that start, uh, man, one on Friday, one on Saturday, two on Monday. So it is all happening this next weekend, which is why I wanted to get this out to you, a list of the changes that I've made to all my rankings in this podcast, we're going to just walk through the top 24 in my new rookie rankings. Now that we have the ever-important draft capital and teams, uh, I updated the website. So if you go to the website, you've got the, all the rookie rankings updated. But not only that, I have uh, put in place now all the rookies have been inter- integrated into the overall rankings at each position. And so that's a pretty tedious uh, bit of work, but I finished the work and it's up there for you. I'm sure that I'll make some changes th- as the weeks go by, but... These rookie rankings are going to be the rookie rankings that I use for my rookie drafts, which again start Friday, Saturday, and two on Monday, and one the next Monday, and one the next Monday after that. So it's a blast. Favorite time of year to be a Dynasty Freak. Let me just real quickly walk through what I would consider my top 24 in my new rookie rankings. Hope this helps you as you get prepared for your draft. Again, go to the website to see where all of those players are, especially if you're doing a startup. Now we've got the rookies integrated into it all. So be fun. Number one for me, this is for uh, super flex rankings. Number one for me is still Bijan Robinson. I knew he was going to go to Atlanta. That was exactly where I hoped that he would go. And so thrilled that he's going to be the lead guy. Sorry for all those Algier owners. Those managers are going to be pretty sad right now. But Bijan is going to do everything that was expected of him. And yes, deserves to be number one, even in a super flex league. My next two are quarterbacks. I kept my rankings the same here. C.J. Stroud uh, going to Houston at 1.2, then Bryce Young, number three, and he went to Houston, of course. I mean, Carolina, of course, is 1.1. Love both those guys. Would be the guy, you know, like I said, I could see easily see swapping them. I just think that C.J. Stroud has a little bit more upside than Bryce Young. Uh, the size thing for Young concerns me just enough that I want to keep Stroud just ahead of him. I'm sure we're going to see in mo- most of our rookie drafts that people are going to, uh, some people are going to take Young first, some are going to take Stroud first, and then some are going to take Richardson first. More on him later. Number four for me, though, is Jameer Gibbs. Detroit, uh, that, was, that was a pretty wild weekend. At first, when they got drafted by Detroit, I was really angry because I have the 1.02 in a couple of one-quarterback leagues, and I was looking forward to drafting Gibbs, but when he landed with Detroit, I was like, no, this is terrible. I can't stand it. And I instantly thought, like, well, 
Unless they change, unless they uh, uh, trade DeAndre Swift. And sure enough, a day later, that took place. And maybe once again, love gives. I'm sure by now you've seen the uh, footage of how ecstatic the coaching staff was when they drafted him. Uh, that and just the fact that he's you know drafted 1.12, even in his size, I mean, that kind of draft capital speaks for itself. And so he's going to be my number four pick in some super flex leagues, but will be my number two pick in... Um, in one quarterback leagues, of which I do have the number two pick in two of those such leagues, and Gibbs will be the guy that I draft. The only guy that I'd be tempted to draft ahead of Gibbs would be the next guy, number five in my Superflex rankings, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I wouldn't say I was to, his draft, his you know team that he landed with was terrible. He was the first receiver taken, just as we all expected, but Seattle was not the perfect landing spot. I like it overall. Like I'm not really concerned about Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. What I was concerned about is just the quarterback situation. Like, how long is was Geno Smith going to be able to keep up what he did last year? And, and if so, I wish, um, you know, he would have a longer career. He's already so old that I kind of wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba to be paired with a younger quarterback that they could kind of grow up together. Still not moving down further from five in my rankings. Uh, Smith and Jigba is definitely the real deal. And he's going to do a lot. I think we'll, you know, get be a starter right away and make a big difference right away. For the Seahawks, who now look pretty loaded with weapons. More on one of their weapons to come. Number seven, I still kept as Zay Flowers. So these top one through seven stayed the same for me. I love Zay Flowers. Um, I was kind of wanted him to land in Buffalo. I really was hoping he would land there or that he would land with the Chargers. But Baltimore's not a terrible thing, even though he's got a lot of competition for, um, I think they've got now four first round uh, wide receivers that, that were drafted in the first round on their squad. So if y'all know, uh, followed me long, you know that I'm a big Rashad Bateman fan too. And so I was hopeful for all of them. All the signs that Baltimore has been doing, though, has been pointing to the fact that this new uh, coach that they have, Munkin, I believe, he's going to make this a passing offense. They're going to change from their running ways and give uh, Lamar Jackson and his new contract every last opportunity to thrive in the passing game. And so I think Flowers is going to do a great job helping there. I don't think that he'll become the number one, but he will... Um, you know, compete with Rashad Bateman to be the number one, if you want to call him the number one when Mark Andrews is there. So a lot more weapons, but I think he's going to have to share a fair of uh, good games. So I'm keeping him right there at seven. And this is really where I have kind of have like a first tier break. One through seven, feel pretty confident in all of them. And then I've got another peer break after 13. So for me, the second tier is between picks number eight and pick number 13. Pick number eight for me would be Quentin Johnston. <clears throat> I, I really didn't like his landing spot with the Chargers, um, mainly though that was due to the fact that I wanted the Chargers to get one of the smaller, shiftier uh, wide receivers. It just felt like they basically just drafted Mike Williams over again. And so uh, Quentin Johnson was the first wide receiver that I had a little bit of question about. Uh, his draft capital was outstanding, though. You know, was the second uh, receiver drafted in the draft when there was that run of four, so it doesn't really matter. There were four that were taken right in a row. But uh, Johnston just has enough question marks for me to be concerned, but that said, you know, the draft capital and the fact that he does get paired with a younger quarterback and Justin Herbert makes me very excited. Number nine now would be Anthony Richardson. So I already know that I'm going to be way lower on Richardson than everyone else, and so he's going to get drafted way higher than that in the Superflex leagues. Um, I just place too much stock in, in the college tape and his uh, inaccuracy as a college quarterback, his inexperience as a college quarterback. He may be the best athlete, there's no doubt about that, best, best athletic quarterback. And he got the draft capital, and from what, what it all sounds like, they actually want him to play. Maybe he's not going to start game one, but he is going to start at some point this season for sure and take over the team. And so 
about all that, you know, points up for him. I'm just, you know, I'm too traditional. I want my quarterbacks to be accurate, and I don't know if that's something that he can prove. I still am pretty generous here putting him at nine, but I know a lot of managers are going to have him way up higher than me. Next player, number 10, I still have uh, Michael Meyer as my first mayor as my first um, tight end. Even though Kincaid was drafted ahead of him, Kincaid is the one that I have next. So Meyer at 10, Kincaid at 11. I'm sticking to my guns there and saying that they both landed in pretty good spots. Uh, mayor has got a wide open um, opportunity in Las Vegas. I drafted you know, the fourth pick of the second round, Kincaid. Did have better draft capital at the 1.25, uh, but I think the opportunities there is uh, about equal for both of them. But I'm just sticking with the guy that's done it for the second that he you know, stepped on the field at Notre Dame. He was already one of the best tight ends in the nation and was for three consecutive years, and I'm trusting that to translate to the NFL. Kincaid does have you know a lot of upside, um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if Buffalo, how they try to deploy him. Sorry for Dawson. Knox managers such as myself, when Kincaid got drafted, Knox you know, value just plummeted. But I still think I'd take a chance on him in the first round since they did draft him that high, and they're going to change their offense around somehow to begin using him more. A surprise for me at number 12, the last spot the first round for me would be uh, Zach Charbonnet. I know the running back spots in particular were pretty frustrating as to where everyone landed, but that's the one that I'm actually the most excited about uh, apart from the top two. I said there was a huge second tier of, of guys, so this is the second tier running back uh, behind Robinson and behind Gibbs, but he's moved up into the first round for me. He was ranked number 17 in my rankings prior to the NFL draft, so he's moved up quite a bit. I don't know. Uh, a couple reasons here. Uh, one is that Seattle and, and Coach Carroll, they will start the player that they think is best, and they've pro proven that they will do that. And I think that they brought him in to be another second-round uh, running back just like they did last year, and so it's going to be uh, a tough tough sledding for sure. But um, Charbonneau did enough, uh, particularly in the, at UCLA in his years there, to prove that he can uh, be effective both the passing game and the running game and could be that, that three-down back. Kenneth Walker did, you know, really well last year, but uh, it doesn't mean that the job is his to start with. They're both second-round picks, and so they're going to compete for the job. And so it definitely dropped uh, Ken Walker. I dropped him from number three, my overall running back rankings, down to number 12, and that's kind of hedging my bets a bit. And between the two is, is not very far. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see this competition play out. I've got now uh, Charbonneau ranked number 27 in my rankings, so I've got them 15 spots apart. The point is that there's just kind of a drop-off right here as far as uh, prospects and what I really believe you can trust. And among those that was uh, in this whole range right here, Charbonneau's the one that I uh, trust the most, and so he's now the last pick of my first round. Moving into the second round, pick number 13, I put Sam Laporta. He was actually number 28 in my rankings, but when he got that great draft capital, that 2.3 going ahead of um, Michael Mayer, you know, it was, it was saying something. And he's got a great opportunity with Detroit to become a starter right away since they got rid of Hawkinson and really didn't have anyone step up into that tight end role last year. It feels like the, the Detroit offense is wanting to kind of go guns a-blazing. They've been adding to it, and they were already doing well enough. I think Ben Johnson, as their uh, offensive coordinator, has proven that he is uh, great at his job. And he always got a couple more weapons with Gibbs and now Laporta. So Laporta made a pretty big jump for me. Still kind of hard to trust tight ends. I do feel a little nervous having uh, three of them in my top 13. My mayor again at 10, Kincaid at 11, Laporta at 13. But I think that's just the way this draft went. And so I think that they're going to be players that we have to draft. And maybe, you know, it takes a year or two for them to develop, just like it normally does at tight end. But of those three, I feel like they're going to be used in the offense immediately. And so pretty, still pretty confident in them. 
Next was a big surprise for me. Number 14 have moved Devin A-Chain all the way up to 14, which is ridiculous because I've been talking him down the entire year. But because of all the landing spots and how fell, how far the running back class fell, I just felt like A-Chain really was the best bet, and I love where he went, going to Miami. Um, it's just going to be the, uh, kind of a crazy offense, and they uh, saw a quote afterwards saying that they want to be the fastest team in the league. And when you've got Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill and how you add A-Chain to it, along with... Um, uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Wilson and Raheem Mostert. I mean, good grief. This is going to be a very, very fast team. And if there is a coach that I would trust to be able to use A-Chain and make him effective and even produce for fantasy, not just be a gadget guy, it would be Miami. Again, I feel like there's a lot of question marks around all these guys in this in this uh, second tier. This is actually moving into my third tier. After Laporta, sorry, this is my third tier. I pick number 14. Um, I like where he landed. I think that this is the one coaching staff that drafted him for a purpose, third round uh, draft capital, and they're going to find a way to use him. Next would be uh, Jonathan Mingo. Makes a, a decent sized jump. His kind of stock had been kind of rising and rising and rising as the draft went on because he was one of the few receivers that had kind of a more prototypical size. And so his draft capital at 2.9 to Carolina was no surprise to me. But it may be a surprise to a lot of others. That draft capital alone, the fact that he's going to be paired with Bryce Young, this new coaching staff comes in, and this is the player that they drafted to pair with Young, means a lot to me. And so Mingo has moved all the way up to number 15. Next is Marvin Mims. And if you've been following me, I've been lower on, on Marvin Mims than some. But again, the draft capital was just significant. Uh, I think it was the Broncos that traded up into the second round to get that, that final pick and pick him up at 2.32. Uh, Marvin Mims definitely has a lot of competition, so I you know, didn't move him up too much. He was ranked number 19. Now I have him ranked number 16. I think there's something about um, Sean Payton that makes him not like this offense right now, and he wants to craft it in his own ways with his own players, and so this is the first offensive weapon that he's drafted. He has a purpose for him. I did see today that Jerry Judy looks like they did sign his um, sign him to his fifth-year extension, or they did extend his contract and so the rumors of trades, you know, Sutton or Judy being traded, looks like that's not going to happen. So Mims is definitely going to have to beat out some stiff competition or at least try to win down that third wide receiver role in their offense. But when Sean Payton wants to draft someone and trade up to do it, I usually take notice. Next was a little bit of a disappointment. Number 17 for me now is Josh Downs. He was number 10 for me, so I dropped him down quite a bit. Largely just because of the draft capital. I thought for sure that he would go in the second round or maybe be the fifth receiver taken in the in the first round. He wasn't the fifth receiver taken. There were all these other receivers that went ahead of him because he fell all the way to 3.15. In addition, I already told you my concerns about Anthony Richardson. He's now going to be paired with him as his quarterback in Indianapolis. And with his inaccuracy, um, that is a flag for me as well. It was sad to drop downs down. <laughs> I dropped downs down in my rankings, but I've had to do so, uh, dropping him down to number 17 from 10. Next was uh, Tajay Spears, number 18 in my rankings now is Tajay Spears. I was actually pleased. One of the few running backs that I was pleased with their landing spot was Spears. We know that uh, Tennessee is not long for Travis Henry or, to, or for Derrick Henry. Sorry, I've got a relative named Travis Henry. <laughs> Derrick Henry isn't going to be long. In fact, there was all the rumors of them trying to trade him. And they're drafting him, you know, at this early in the third round, you know, makes me think that they don't really trust in Haskins, that Haskins is really going to be the guy that takes over. And maybe they just want to try to have a one-two punch in the future with Haskins or Spears or really just get out of paying the running back position as much as they have. Um, I love Spears on, on film and felt like that he was, you know, just a star. 
and in the making, even though he's a little bit smaller. I like I really like where he landed. And so middle of the second round right now, I'd be glad to have him and just kind of hold him waiting for that Henry injury or waiting a year when Henry is no longer with the team. 19 for me is Tank Bigsby. Uh, he got drafted in the third round to Jacksonville, 3.25. Um, this was kind of a surprise for me, a surprise, you know, that he was drafted where he's going to have to, you know, play alongside Travis Etienne, who has just been moving up my dynasty rankings. Um, but I think he's really going to be that one, one-two punch. They're, they're going to find ways to use him in the offense for sure. Um, he's, you know, definitely drafted to be a backup. So we're like almost all of the running backs in this class past the first two. So it's like, man, everyone kind of got drafted to a position where there's someone in front of them. But I think his is one where this offense makes me curious enough to think that they have plans to use him, not just to be a backup. He brings something different to the table, more physical, uh, larger than uh, ETN. Um, so I like what they could do do with him and think that they drafted him. Purposed uh, to use him and give um, ETN some time to rest <laughs> during the games. Next would be Rashi Rice at number 20. Uh, this was a pretty big stretch. I was very surprised to see Kansas City draft him in the second round. And then they came back to tell you, say that Patrick Mahomes and he had been working out together in, in Dallas during this uh, offseason time. And so maybe this was one that Mahomes said, this, this is the guy that I want. Who knows what his influence was there. But if he likes him, that's great. I temper my expectations with all these next players. You know, I already said this is a pretty bad second round, that, that I'm not very excited about the second round. So don't hear me say that I, I love this pick. I'm just a little worried, you know, about everybody. Here, at least, you've got a guy that doesn't really have a complete, you know, solidified wide receiver one on the team. And so he's going to have his chance uh, to do that. If Patrick Mahomes likes him. I'm, I'm going to like him a little bit more uh, now that he's with that team as well. Number 21, a little bit of a surprise, was Jaden Reed. Very surprised that Green Bay drafted him as early as they did at 2.19. There must have just been one guy, you know, who didn't have excellent college production, so I've had him much further down my rankings, but draft capital demands that we bring him up. It seems like, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay was very content just to let the quarterback be who makes the wide receivers great. And now that Jordan Love is there, they seem to really have addressed their passing game with the two tight ends and a couple receivers that they drafted. But he was the first. He was the first one that they said, here's what we want, here's what we need. Uh, to help our young quarterback. And so I think his draft capital means that he's going to be on the field. Um, he'll have to probably, you know, I think Christian Watson's, you know, solidify the starting spot. You know, it's going to be, if it's two receiver sets, can Jaden Reed beat out Romeo Dobbs? And if he reads out, beats out Dobbs, then uh, he's, you know, going to be a great, great opportunity for his fantasy value to increase. And now we're down to number 22, where I would finally say yes to Will Levitt. So my, my fourth quarterback, not the best draft capital, but good enough at 2.2 that in a super flex league, uh, here's about where I'd be willing to take him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes in super flex drafts just because he um, was not drafted in the first round and had all those questions. Most of the people, like I talked about in podcasts, when I'm, the guys that I'm not going to get, I talked about Levis and how he was a uh, really getting talked down more and more um, uh, by analysts as I continue to study what other people thought about him. But here, you know, in a super flex league, you got to compile your quarterbacks. You know, I wouldn't let him fall past the second round. So, so when I take a chance on here, Tannehill's probably only going to play one more one more season uh, with the Titans, and so Will Levitz will have a chance to start if he can beat out last year's uh, Willis. You know, who they drafted as well. They're just kind of stockpiling their quarterbacks to see who's going to take place, at, who's going to win the job after Tannehill. What we saw from Willis last year was nothing much at all. It was pretty terrible, and so Levis, I think 
will be the odds-on favorite to be the starting quarterback for Tennessee next year. Speaking of Tennessee, we got two more guys that I'm going to mention in my top uh, 24, and that's 23, Jalen Hyatt, 24, Cedric Tillman. So there we are with a run of Tennessee pros and a run of Tennessee college guys, Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. Uh, They were drafted back-to-back at 3.10 to the Giants for Hyatt and 3.11 for Tillman uh, for Cleveland. I do think that they both have a lot of competition. Um, you know, Hyatt's got so many, the Giants have so many receivers that they brought in this offseason and even re-signing their own that it's going to be a stiff competition to see, you know, who can do what there. But you've heard me say that one of my favorite coaches that I trust in is Brian Dayball. He knows how to bring out the best in people. So I assume that he has plans to use Hyatt if they were to draft him, you know, that early in the third round. And then Tillman, he could, it's kind of a little stiffer competition too because if we thought, you know, start the season, that it'd be Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of as a starting receivers there. But then when they traded for Elijah Moore and now they draft Cedric Tillman, like these are both very crowded um, crowded wide receiver rooms for the Giants in Cleveland. And so I couldn't bring myself to, to move Hyatt or Tillman much further than this, but I'd still want to take a chance on them in the second round just to see uh, what they can do. They're going to have to earn it, that's for sure. Well, there you have it. Those are my top 24. I think that you should go to the website if you really want to get it all. I know you've got plenty of people that you can look to when you're doing your rookie drafts and try to pick uh, which guys or whose rankings you're going to go by as you make your selections. I hope that you would at least keep my page open as one of yours as well. It's going to be fun. The next couple of uh, podcasts now, we're going to be able to talk about actual drafts that took place in my league. So that's going to be a blast. All right, wanted to get this out early for you guys so that you can be planning for your drafts that are probably going to start this weekend as well. I hope you enjoyed it. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Much better on email than Twitter, so emailing me would be great. I'd be honored if you'd take time to rate and view the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me as we get ready for the start of a new rookie draft season. It's a blast. Have some fun. Until next time, you know what to do. Go draft and go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.